This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. Last night we were chatting with a scientist from Northwestern University in Chicago because the Canadian government has decided that it wants to, or it's at least having a panel that's recommending that marijuana be sold legally now to Canadians 18 and over. And this scientist, this person who's done tons of research into this, pointed out that all the studies that have been done recently, all the medical studies show if you're over 25, marijuana may or may not have any kind of deleterious effect on your brain. But when you're still between 18 and 25 or up to 25, your brain is still growing, it's developing, and there are parts of the marijuana experience that affect your brain permanently, that it changes the structure of your brain. And so we have to decide as a country, although we, it's probably out of our hands now, whether we want to have that available to kids who are 18 so that we are essentially saying it is okay, it is legal, and by legal, we are saying it's okay to do it for kids whose brains could be affected by this. Well, that was yesterday. Today, the government followed that up with another recommendation that is on a completely different wavelength, a completely different path. It's not a health thing, thankfully. But you probably heard this today, that the Canadian government, MPs are now recommending that Canada Post bring back full-scale door-to-door delivery across the country. That we don't, we don't have enough debt. We don't have a big enough deficit. We aren't spending enough tax dollars wildly What we need to do is step back to the 1970s, 1960s, when the only method of getting your message across to people or getting in contact with people was through the mail, through the snail mail. And we want to return to those days. We want to hire more people, spend more money, do all these things that is going to cost us globs more money for a service that vastly fewer people are using. Honestly, I mean, if you're listening right now, when was the last time you mailed a letter? For some of you, you probably do it a lot. There are some of you out there who probably do this a lot, but I'll tell you, there are many, many, many people that never use the mail anymore. Once upon a time, you had to. If you wanted to send in a bill, had to go through the mail. You wanted to get in touch with grandma, had to go in a letter through the mail. You wanted to write to your alderman, to your counselor, had to go through the mail. Now we do everything by email. The only thing for most people that comes in the mail, let's be honest, for most people, what the mail is used for now, you get magazines, you get junk mail, you get packages, maybe some bills. But do we sit and write out letters to people now and send them in the mail? I don't think so. Some do probably, but most of us don't. Christmas cards? Yeah, okay, we'll send some Christmas cards. But even then now, you do online cards, a lot of people. So why in the world? Well, I can tell you why. I was going to say, why in the world do we want to step back into a bygone era? The answer is because a few people, a lot of people maybe, screamed and yelled and said, we need door-to-door mail service. I don't want to have a super mailbox. I don't want to have to walk to the street corner to get my mail. I need it brought right to my door. Which is, I'm sure, the same line of thinking and the same argument that was given when they stopped door-to-door milk delivery. Is it not? I mean... I'm sure there were people who were very upset when milk stopped being delivered to your door and you actually had to go and pick it up at the store. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that that's probably, that was probably an issue. I wasn't really paying attention back then. I was a little young. 
What about doctor's house calls? Once upon a time, doctors would always come to your house. We don't do that anymore. Vets would come to your house. Well, that's when you lived on farms. Maybe they still do that. You really, you know, you can't take a cow to the vet too often, but we had eggs delivered to our door for heaven's sake. We, we, the times change. Times change. We have to be willing somehow to make some of the difficult decisions to say, you know what? Times have changed enough that we can't simply get into a time machine and hold our place and say, despite the fact that everybody uses email now, that people talk by Skype and people talk by FaceTime and people use the internet and people do this and people do that, we want to have the exact same mail service that we had 35 years ago when nobody had any of those things and nobody did any of those things. Does that make any sense? Honestly, if we were a country that was flush with dough, if somehow we were living in a time when taxes were still held reasonably low, but because of the way we were doing things, man, the taxes came in and we just had more money than we could spend. We had to find ways to spend money because it was burning a hole in our pocket. Well, maybe then, even then I think it would be stupid because then you're just wasting money for the sake of wasting money. But we are not in that position. We don't have a lot of money. Our federal government based on a campaign promise, I'm not, it's not a surprise, although the amount is a surprise, we are spending billions of dollars more than we have. We are spending billions of dollars more than is coming into the federal treasury. And now we want to go and add more through the mail service. We want to resurrect the full-on, hardcore, door-to-door, everybody gets delivered to their door mail service or something along those lines. Really? This is this is a priority for us? This is what we really feel in all the things, in all the things that we need to deal with in our country, that our government needs to worry about and get working on. Door-to-door mail service is a priority both for time and for resources? Really? I don't know who, I mean, is it, is this simply, maybe, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email if, if with your thought on this one, radley at 900chml.com, or I've got a couple of minutes if you want to call in, 905-645-3221 or star 9900. Is this simply a case where the government is saying, you know what, there are some easy votes out there among older people who are the ones who remember door-to-door service. And you know what? We can win over those votes. Now, it'll cost us tens of thousands of dollars per vote, ultimately. But we can get those votes to to hang us in for the next election. I I, I honestly can't think of any other reason we would want to do this right now other than to buy votes. I can't think of one reason we would decide that it's necessary right now to reverse our course and to go back in time and to spend millions more dollars on the Postal Service when we hardly use it. Later this week, I was going to do it tonight, but I put it off, but later this week, we're probably going to talk about there's a new streaming service, Amazon Prime. There's a new, like Netflix, there's a new one in Canada, which is only going to hurry up the fact that people in this country are cutting the cord. People are stepping away from cable television. We don't, we understand that times are different now. 
Our government is not saying you must subscribe to cable television. They've, in fact, to the contrary, they have said, we understand, and this started back with the last government, we understand that people are stepping away from cable TV because of costs, because of lack of time, because of lack of interest, because of streaming services, because of stuff they can watch on Netflix or other venues. And so we are going to require the TV companies to come up with a different way of serving the people. Remember, we've now got the skinny packages. Now everyone's upset about the skinny packages. It's not really working apparently too well. But nonetheless, the government identified and recognized that times have changed and we must change with them. And yet now we're getting to the postal service and they're saying times have changed. So we are going to go back in time and demand that everyone else change to be more like the old times. It doesn't make any sense. You either, we, we don't have the money to do this, first of all. We do not have the money to do this. If you disagree, please tell me where the money is that we can afford to be spending frivolously on postal service upgrades. Where is that money? Of all the things that we have to spend money on, and there's infrastructure, and there's jobs, and there's medical, and there's CPP, and there's people getting older, and there's all this stuff. Where exactly is the money that we have to be spending wildly on postal service? A step backwards into the past. We may not like change, and I think all of us, look, all of us can put up our hand with that one. I don't care how old you are. Most of us do not like the idea of change. And most of us, no matter how old we are, whether we're 20 or whether we're 100, look back and say it was better back in the day. We all do that. It's, it, you know, it's, it makes us sound very old when we do it. It makes us sound crotchety, even if you're a young person doing it. Oh, things were better in high school. Regardless, it's always better in the past. Everything was better in the past. We know that. Everything was always better when we were kids or when we were in university or when we were whatever. And apparently, mail service now falls into this category. It was so much better when it got delivered right to my house instead of having to go to the super mailbox to get my mail. Well, maybe. But you know what? We also had fewer services, fewer things to pay for, fewer things that our taxes had to go towards, less debt. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. And I can't believe that we're actually talking about this again. I thought this had been resolved. I thought we'd gotten to the point where we had passed the whole super mailbox thing. We'd sort of accepted the fact that, okay, all right, if we have to, they're still delivering the mail. It's not like you're not getting mail. It's not like we've canceled the postal service. If you have a package, if you have a magazine, if you have a bill, it still comes to you. You may just have to actually have a little effort to go out and get it. And here's a hint, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic and I'm not trying to be mean, but if you're someone who truly has a significant disability that would prevent you from going and getting your mail at the super mailbox, and I know those people exist and I'm not belittling them. It may cost you five bucks, but ask a neighborhood kid, give him five bucks and say, once a week, can you go and get my mail for me? I'm sure you could find someone who would do it. I'm sure you could. I can't believe that there would not be someone who would be willing as a favor to a nice person who simply can't get out of their building or their house to go get their mail. I'm sure you could find someone who would do that for you. 
And in fact, if Canada Post was going to do anything to go back to the old days and to fix their service, maybe that would be the one thing. If you can establish that you are physically unable to get to your super mailbox for an extra five dollar a week surcharge or something, we will drop it at your door. I don't know how it would work, but really, come on, we we can't, we, we cannot in this country, can we go back to the days when everybody had door-to-door mail service, considering it's already been taken away and this is now going to be adding much more in the way of costs? We, we can't do that, can we? We might be, but we can't. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. On Friday, my next guest officially retired from sledge hockey. After a career that took him to the World Championships, he won a gold medal, to the Paralympics in Sochi a couple of years ago where he won a bronze medal, and a lot of other places in between, and became one of Canada's very best players ever, really. Now, Kevin Rempel, who is a local guy, is working to do something different with the game and essentially take sledge hockey, which, as I said before, is a game associated, affiliated, identified as a para-sport, a sport for people who have a disability. And he wants to broaden the base so that essentially you and I and everyone else who wouldn't necessarily in the past have thought about participating in this would. Kevin Rampel joins me now. Kevin, how are you tonight? Uh, it's so good, man. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? I'm great. Congratulations, first of all, on uh, on your career and wrapping it up. I know... Uh, I mean, you had a lot of things that you got to do in a very, well, not a very short, in a few years, but in a shorter period of time than some people would have. You had a lot of stuff you did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Good and bad things that have happened, but uh, the bottom line has just been like on the hustle and just continually moving forward. Was it hard to actually say you were going to retire? Yeah, and it's still even hard when people ask, like, oh, man, um, there was a there was a year of transition where I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about it, how I was going to talk about it, and what I was for sure for sure going to do. So um, getting through last season was difficult, and uh, then to this summer and what I got going on today is it's easy peasy talking about it now. I will say that the one thing, the one place that's going to be a problem for you with this, is that uh, the other day I bumped into you and you were in the newsroom with the spectator, and you shook a couple people's hands. You have a hand. Now, sledge hockey, for those who have ever seen it, is all arms. It's pushing on your arms. You have arms that are the size of my legs, and you have a handshake that will shatter the metatarsals or whatever it is in your hands. You've got the firmest hand. You're not. You're going to lose that now without doing this every day. <laughs> well, thanks. That's flattering. But like I think I mentioned, you wouldn't believe if I've got a good handshake, there's guys on the teams that can crush my hand. So um, I'm glad I still got some strength left, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the sport definitely beefs up your upper body. Yeah, I could definitely use it. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, for people who don't recall, though, or have never heard your story before, uh, take a couple of minutes, if you don't mind, and just explain how you got to be, before you tell us how you got into sledge hockey, how you got to be someone who would have needed sledge hockey. Tell us about your accident and what happened to you. Yeah, in the, in the shortest nutshell I can tell, uh, I was... Ten, so 10 years ago this July, my passion was freestyle motocross. So for those who don't know what that is, it's like the X Games dirt bike jumping where you're doing Superman suit grabs in the air. And I started a company, after, uh, first jump show Canada Day, two weeks later, crashed, broke my back, pelvis ribs, and was paralyzed. I'm uh, never supposed to walk again. 
And the kicker that um, gets people is that four years before I was paralyzed, my dad was also paralyzed from a deer hunting accident. So we were out building a tree stand when one of the branches we, that he was standing on broke, fell two stories to the ground, broke his back as well. Now, fortunately, I was an incomplete para, so I didn't sever my spinal cord, whereas my dad did, which is what gave me the opportunity to get better. So with a little bit of luck, a lot of hard work, and a year to the day walking and riding again. But during that one-year recovery, my mom ended up leaving my dad from his depression, but more so the gambling addiction that he created. And then seven weeks later, my dad took his own life. It is, um, I mean, it's a terrible story. I mean, it is. You, you've come through, no, but you've come <laughs> through a lot. lot. There's a lot of adversity in there. <laughs> it, there is. It's, it's a remarkably, unbelievably, unbelievable story that so much could happen to one person and one family. But you did. You came, you are, you do walk now and, and um, you know, obviously you do a lot of these other things. How did you, in all that, how did you actually discover sledge hockey? How did you land in that sport? I, I love telling this story. So I was, I was looking, absolutely looking for something to do. Um, how can I be active with a disability in the way my life is now? So I was at the YMCA in Niagara and saw a flyer for wheelchair basketball, and I was volunteering there. And then some other guy rose up in a wheelchair, and he goes, hey, man, have you tried sledge hockey? And I go, no, what's that? He goes, oh, it's real sick. You get to, hit, you get to sit down and play hockey and hit people with disabilities. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? I'm like, that's so wrong. I'm like, where can I sign up? <laughs> Yeah, and only, and I'll be honest with you, only people who might have a disability of sorts could actually say that line and get away with it. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, that's part of the way, the way it is right now, and what I'm hoping to help change is to educate people that we, and I, from a lot of my experience, like, I'm easily 99, like, so many people that I know would rather be treated as a normal person than to be someone um, different. And so I say that joke, one, because it definitely gets a good laugh out of people, but I want them to see that we're just normal people. It's like, yeah, we're just, it's physical. Sledge hockey is full contact, so that's what you're doing, and it's just pun intended. Well, and look, it, whether there's body contact, as I said off the top, the fact that you are sitting on a sled and pulling yourself around the ice with your arms, it, it is... I mean, people can imagine how grueling it is to be doing that because we have the advantage in regular hockey or other sports of running and we don't think of it so much. But I mean, your arms are really not designed, I don't think, as humans to be pulling your body around at high speed all the time. It's, I mean, it's an enormous amount of pressure and stress and exhaustion on your arms. 100%. And what, it, I mean, so I played, I played sledge hockey for eight years. I played five years on Team Canada had the year a year and a half off now and now my injuries are starting to surface so your shoulders obviously take the biggest beating we got to do a ton of work with our rotator cuffs to make sure that they're strong and um you know um position straight so your shoulders are down and back because you end up developing a lot of um inward motion so i just had an mri like a week ago because i'm still trying to now solve that problem but that's that's what makes um, a top athlete and someone that can have a long career is that you know the proper way to train and take care of your body so you have um, a length of a career and you're not out early. What is really interesting about what you're doing now? Because you've got a great background story. As I say, you've overcome an enormous amount. You've got a book. For those who are interested in actually reading all this, Kevin's got his uh, autobiography out now. It's called Still Standing. You can find it uh, probably, well, go online or Amazon. Okay. Uh, And it's a great book. I'm halfway through reading it and it's uh, it's really well done. And it's, boy, there's, there's... 
a ton to, to have overcome, as you've already heard. But what you're trying to do right now and why I wanted to have you on tonight is not just to talk about your sledge hockey background, because I think that's of great interest to some, but not necessarily everybody. But what you're doing now is really, to me, very fascinating because you are trying now to take, as I said, a sport that is traditionally seen as a para sport and broaden the horizon of it and broaden the exposure of it and expose a lot of people who would never think that they would sit on a sled because they would identify that as a disabled kind of sport and take it to them. Why? Explain the idea behind what you're trying to do. To grow the sport. Number one reason is I want this sport to get big so badly for the next generation of athletes and for the people that live with disabilities. And there's so many reasons why this, why I'm doing this and how this came about. So I'll give you a couple real quick. One is when I was in rehab, I spent two years before I discovered the sport. I knew nothing about it. And like I said, volunteering wheelchair basketball, but it was two years. Now imagine if you're newly injured and you knew that this sport existed, that would give you something to look forward to from the day that you're in the hospital bed. So that's a big reason, number one. Number two is I was speaking engagements, and while I'm playing on the ice, people would ask questions, say, how can I play? And I didn't have an answer for them. I'd say, show up in Brampton on Wednesday at 4 o'clock. You can bring your own hockey gear. You can borrow a sled and play at the opposite end of the rink. And I said, that's a terrible answer, and that gutted me. So I decided I want to, make a, I want to create a way. And then just through doing other demonstrations, seeing people's reactions, they don't want to get off the ice. And I, was, I think I might have told you I was down in Buffalo for the 2015 World Championships um, the last year I was on the team. And Labatt announced a quarter-million donation to USA Hockey to get 10 communities, $25,000 each, to start sledge hockey teams. And the growth of the sport down there is so much faster than it is in Canada that I wanted to be the guy to help make a difference, to bring more awareness for the sport in this country and get more people involved so we have a greater depth of talent to choose from to make our team stronger so we get back up on the podium and win a gold medal. Okay, and, and that all makes a ton of sense. But the tricky part about this is you cannot, I cannot, as, an, as a fully able-bodied person, if I was an athlete, if I was younger than I am now and I was a fully able-bodied athlete, I can't play on the national team. I can't play in the Paralympics. So what is the advantage to exposing this game to able-bodied people who never could compete for Team Canada? Sure. So at the house league level, able-bodied people can play. A lot of club teams thrive on family members or friends joining those people who do have disabilities. So there's a lot of opportunity to get involved, and especially people in the hockey community love the sport and want to try it. So getting, letting them know that they can play is important. Beyond that, why I created this is to bring this to the corporate audience to educate them. Number one, give them an opportunity for a unique team-building experience that doesn't exist. But in the process, educate them about disabilities, diversity, inclusion. And so, for example, when you get on the ice, number one is that everyone's equal. Nobody's done this before. doesn't matter whether you're young, old, in shape, out of shape, male or female, minority. Everyone's equal as soon as you get on the ice. And that's one of the big things that's ever going to be evident to people right away. And then just as an example, you know, in sledge hockey, you're going to fall down no matter what. And you have to pick yourself back up. Um, and if you don't pick yourself up, play or the game such as life is going to continue on without you and so you learn things like developing resilience and um like i said even that comment about the joke about hitting people with disabilities like i'm just going to talk about those things and make people uncomfortable and educate you through the process about sledge hockey why it's important to better understand these issues 
Do you uh, do you truly, in your heart of hearts, believe that this has the potential to do what you hope it does? That at some point, and it won't be overnight, but at some point, sledge hockey will be considered mainstream enough that when we're talking about it on the radio like this, everybody can picture exactly what it is and know somebody who plays and maybe have played themselves. A thousand percent, one hundred thousand percent. I don't doubt it for a second, Scott. It's just going to take time. I'm well aware it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in five years. But it's going to come closer to happening in 10, 15, or 20 years because the sport's not going away. Disabilities aren't going away. And we're now living in a more um, diverse uh, society and communities where these issues, people living in wheelchairs that suffer from strokes, spinal cord injuries, um, through the war with um, like um, losing legs and stuff like that, this stuff's happening so we're not getting away from disabilities, and the sport's not shrinking. There's only more reason for it to grow. What I find really interesting about this, to be honest, is um, the sport is so the sled and being on the sled and all that stuff is so vastly different from real hockey that I, I act. I mean, part of me thinks that there's an awful lot of people who will try it just because it's not like hockey light. It's an entirely different sport from hockey, and so it can be something that's entirely different that they'd be willing to take a stab at, as opposed to some other things, to be honest, where you say, well, that's just sort of a whittled-down version of what I was playing before. It's vastly (laughs) different. And so I'm not feeling like I'm doing something less. I feel like I'm doing something different. Oh, 100%. Like, you're so out of your out of your comfort zone. Even if you are a hockey player, you get on there and you feel like you're fumbling all over the place because you got two sticks. And I, I say this in a speech. Imagine you're you know, using both hands, trying to accelerate with the puck while avoiding a body check, balance, balancing on blades that are an inch and a quarter apart, and at the same time you're trying to shoot with one hand and pick a corner. Have like, you, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on there. There is a lot. Have you ever had, have you ever been on the ice, have you brought out, have you ever been around when they've brought an NHL player or someone who's an elite level hockey player onto a sledge to see how they do? Uh, I wasn't at the event, but the Mississauga Cruisers uh, team had... Sidney Crosby and, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, Claude Giroux and um, before other people, there's a uh, popular video that Gatorade brought these NHL players on the ice to play with the club team guys. So I've seen the video and it was absolutely like hysterical and it was humbling. Yeah, n- not quite in their element. That, that would have, uh, as you say, makes everyone the same, really. Uh, actually, it would have made them the least of the people out on the ice as far as participation because they'd never done it before. Oh, they said it themselves. They're getting circles spun around them by our like <laughs> intermediate players. Uh, we just have a minute here, but uh, very quickly, if you can, um, as much as this is wonderful what you're doing, you've bought the business, you've bought a trailer, you've bought all kinds of sleds and gear so that people can hire you. They can go to kevinremple.com and find all this stuff, by the way, because uh, you've got a business that if, if you're a company or if you know a company that you want to hire Kevin to come and bring all the stuff, he will do that. Um You've been doing this for not that long. Tell, explain what happened on Friday, the day you actually retired. What happened to your business? Sure thing. And by the way, uh, it's playsledgehockey.com. Okay. It's a site for the team building. Um, KevinRemple.com for the speaking. And the irony of what uh, we were just talking, or what happened on Friday, is that within the exact same 30-minute window of the press release, being released online is when I pulled into the parking lot at the MasterCard Center in Toronto to check in on my equipment and the back door of the trailer was down and the hinges had been like welded or um, like blowtorched and broken off and $5,000 in my hockey gear was stolen. 
So it was really ironic, like, yeah, business is launched, everybody, come on over. But at the same time, my stuff's gone. And I'm like, well, you know what, Scott, I just, I kind of just laughed when I pulled in the parking lot because as you, as you know, and people have heard a bit, I've just been through so much in my life that I'm like, you know what, this is a speed bump. I got insurance. That's why you get it. It sucks big time. I had to cancel a demo that I was doing on Saturday. But I'm going to get that stuff replaced and we'll be back in business in no time. Uh, as I said right off the top, as anyone who was listening for the whole time we were doing this, with what you've been through, that that's, I mean, it, that, as you say, it's a pain in the butt, but it really, relatively speaking to the, what you've been through in the rest of your life, not that big a deal. <laughs> it's easier than learning how to walk again, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Rempel. Uh, KevinRempel.com and PlaySledgeHockey.com, right? That's the, that's that's the right it. one? Uh, either one of those, go check it out. Kevin will, uh, you can have him speak. You can have him get a book of his. You can hire him to come out and teach you guys how to play sledge hockey. It's uh, Kevin, I really appreciate you doing this tonight. Thanks for the time. Yeah, man. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it as well. Uh, you can read more, by the way, about Kevin, about all this kind of stuff, uh, at the spec.com. There was a piece in, uh, yesterday, still on the website though, if you're interested. You're listening to the Scott Radley show weeknights from seven to nine on AM 900 CHML. Everybody listening uses the internet. And as a result, most of you would use Google at some point. Google is the driving search engine. I mean, it's the number one search engine in the world. It's what most people will use to find what they're looking for. And so searches on Google, and they keep track of all these things, indicate that they are realistic and a good indicator of those things that people are actually interested in. They give you a pretty good hint. If you, if there's a lot of searches on Google, you can have a pretty good guess that these are things that are talking points. So today Google released their top searched topics and things from this whole year in Canada. These are Canadians. These are not Americans. What do you think would be on the list of the top 10 leading searches, keywords, topics that people were searching for Canadians were searching for this year. Any guesses? Tell you what, number 10, Canada post strike. Would you have guessed that? I don't know. Number nine, Brexit. I, I believe that that's true because I think a lot of people actually didn't know what Brexit really was. And so they were trying to find out what was going on and what that meant. Number eight, the world cup of hockey, which I'm kind of surprised by because I didn't think that many people were actually interested in it, but okay. There's number eight, number seven, David Bowie, fair enough. He died earlier this year. Very popular, very well-known guy, but a lot of people probably looking up old music or pictures, whatever else. Number six, what do you think number six would be? Number six, I thought would be higher than this. Olympics. I thought Olympics would actually be a lot higher than this. In fact, a lot higher than number six on the list. Number five, Prince also died this year, the, the singer. Number four, the Fort McMurray fire. Which brings us to the top three. Luke, give me a guess. What do you think would be one of the top three things that people in this country would have searched for on Google this year? What would be the number one thing probably? Probably something really dumb like Kim Kardashian. No. In fact, the, the number two is one that I have no idea what it is. And so I can't really help. You might be able to. Pokemon Go is number two. Oh, uh, Pokemon Go. That's where you wandered around and yeah, you found. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. I forgot about that. Number three was the Toronto Raptors, which shocks me. Shocks me that the Toronto Raptors would be the third most searched 
item in Canada on Google this year. I mean, I know they did well. I know they got to the semifinals against Cleveland, all that stuff. But it shocks me that over the Olympics, over the I, I thought Olympics would have a lot more people interested. But no, because people had to Google to make sure that Canada still had a basketball team. And number one can be no surprise, Donald Trump. I'm sure that in every country in the world, number one would be Donald Trump. The top trending Canadians, who do you think would be on the list of, according to Google, and this is again, by numbers of searches that people did for these names, who do you think would be the top trending Canadian? So Donald Trump doesn't count. I believe it's probably either Andre de Grasse or Penny Alexiak. Andre de Grasse was number seven. Penny Alexiak was number five. That so seems low. That seems low. But again, these are... I, I don't mean just because of what they did. I mean because people aren't going to know who they are. And it's the and Olympics. they're going to watch them and, on TV and go, ooh, I got to find out who that and is. And they're sitting in front of their TV with their smartphone or with their tablet. And so they're right there and they're typing it. I thought so too. Number 10, Sean Mendez, who singer. is a singer in the early Justin Bieber vein of things before he went totally squirrely. Number nine, Sidney Crosby. Number eight, Samantha B. Yeah, she's um, she used to be on The Daily Show uh, as one of their correspondents, and now she has her own show. Number seven was Andre DeGrasse. Number six, P.K. Subban, who, of course, got t- Googled a lot because he was traded to the National Predators. Five was Penny Alexiak. Four, and I'm kind of shocked by this one because it happened so recently that I'm shocked that there were enough Google searches that it would jump it up. Think about this. Number four, and his name came into the news within the last couple of weeks, Got more Google searches this year than Penny Alexiak, who was in the Olympics. That would be Leonard Cohen. I can't believe that more people... I mean, I'm sure people were just Googling him I know, but normally I th- throughout the year. Not a, You wouldn't have any reason to. All of a sudden he dies and more people Google Leonard Cohen in the last... When did he die? Two weeks ago? A week and a half ago? Than people from the... Anyway, number three, which... And again, I am shocked. I thought for sure, if we're talking Canadians... And we are talking people who are being talked about on Google. You know who's not on this list, by the way? Justin Trudeau, which I was very surprised by. But number three, I was sure. I, was, I would have bet money that number three was going to be leading the list. Number three was Gord Downey. I thought with the Tragically Hip and their concert tour and the big finale in Kingston and all the rest and his brain cancer, um, I thought Gord Downey, number one, easily, not even close. I thought he was going to run away with uh, this. But I think that shows the... Age Gen- group? The generational gap that, Maybe. that a lot of people, like the Gord Downey and the, the hip story was was a big story, but I think that to call it the most important story of the year just ignores the younger age group. That Not have, necessarily the most that important. Have, that have no connection to, to the hip at all. Not necessarily most important, but I thought there would just be a vast quantity, a volume of searches for things to do with that. Okay, number two, and I can't figure out why, Celine Dion Probably because of her husband. But he died last year. He didn't die this year, I don't think. He died before Christmas last year, I thought. No, it would have been after Christmas because I remember seeing some sort of story about her having to spend her first Christmas without him. Oh, okay. Uh, And number one, the worst singer in Canadian history, Drake. I, the I number got a one real hate on for I him. Hate Dra- I, I can't don't understand. Why. I don't mind. I'm sure that Drake, the person, is a wonderful human being. I got no problem with Drake. I just find his music unlistenable. That's all. Uh, apparently, others it's don't. The rap music. That others these don't. Kids are listening to. No. Okay. Here is here. This is now. This is interesting because the next group, the next thing that they put down as topics and and what were the number, what were the things that were being googled? They have two questions. 
Because when people type in who is, and then they follow with something, that gives you a pretty good indication of two things. One, a level of interest, and two, a lack of knowledge, really. That we don't really know what this is or who this is, and so we're trying to look it up, and Google is great. It's, it's basically, we think anyway, it's completely anonymous, so I can hide my lack of knowledge by typing into Google, and that sounds smart. So, who is, this is the list of who is from 10 to 1. Number 10, who is Melania Trump? <laughs> All right. I mean, but but you're. It I, should I, be fairly. The, the, what kills me about that is that it's kind of in the name who she is. I think that it, when people are typing who is, they're looking for more details as oh. opposed to just it's Donald Trump's daughter. Anyway, uh, wife nine. Oh yeah, wife. Sorry, what's maybe his daughter? Ivanka. Maybe, maybe sorry, you yeah. Need to Google. Yeah, no, no. Sorry, Trump. it's been a long day. Uh, number nine. Who is moving to Canada? Well, that's a good one because there were a lot of celebrities who claimed they were going to do it. Yes, and none of them are. I haven't seen any of them actually come here yet, but I mean, he's not president yet. So uh, I, don't know not what, I don't know what number eight means at all, so maybe I should be Googling this one. It says, who is Damn Daniel? Oh, it's uh, a meme from earlier this year, a ridiculous video that somehow went viral. And uh, yeah, that's people are trying to figure out who that is. Number seven, who is Becky with the good hair? Uh, another meme. Six, who is Gord Downey married to? <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, I, 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 that's a fair I really, enough question. I really thought the question was going to be who is Gord Downey. And, uh, no, no, that would be the... uh, who is George Soros is number five. Sure. George Soros is a uh, uh, Hungarian billionaire who is very active in the U.S. political scene, spends billions, hundreds of millions of his own dollars to fund liberal democratic causes. Number four, who is the, fi- this one's just so ridiculous. I can't even believe this would be number four. This is ahead of Melania Trump. And Gord Downey, who is the father of Bridget Jones's baby? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a popular movie, and I, I guess some people didn't want to pay to see it, and rather just want to have just the Google ending and get the get the answer. Number three, who is Ann Coulter, conservative writer from the states? <laughs> Number two, who is Ken Bone? Remember Ken Bone? Sure. Ken Bone was in the uh, one of the U.S. presidential debates. He was the rather portly, pear-shaped fellow with the red sweater and the uh, 1980s mustache who asked a question and became immediately overnight very famous. And number one, who is Harambe? <laughs> All right, so there's there's your this uh, this does not I don't think necessarily speak well to Canadians. Number uh, who? Sorry. Now we go to what is. So we've gotten rid of the who's. Now we're really into Harambe the... Harambe also going to be on I, that I don't, list? Uh, well, hold on. <laughs> uh, number 10, what is Wheat Kings about? So people are looking into the song by Tragically Hip, Wheat Kings, and they're trying to understand what the lyrics mean. That's a, I think that's I a... Leg- probably Google that. That's a legitimate, that's a good what is question. If we're in Canada, that's a good what is Google question for people to ask. I think that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a terrific one. Nine, what is happening to the bees? It's a rather general question. They're dying. They're di- yeah, I know, but okay. So people ask, I don't know what would have spawned <laughs> that particular question as the ninth most common what is question, but okay. Uh, eight, what is the running man challenge? Number seven, what is a burkini? Again, you know what? That's a fair, legitimate question, I think. Th- it considering because it's a ridiculous name for it. <laughs> yeah, it is. But also considering the the influx of Syrian refugees that were coming and the fact that we were talking about m- Actually, Muslim I things. I think and other- it's more related to the Olympics yeah, because, but, well, that's, because that's where it was. That's where the term it's was in really general. But, but it's, you know what? It was a topic. It was a discussion point regardless. We sure. have We have a lot more people who are learning more about Islam and about Muslim immigrants and Muslim people. And so that, that's a legitimate and that's a fair question. What is shadow flipping? 
You know what shadow flipping is? I haven't. The foggiest. Neither do I. I have to look that one up. What is the electoral college? Great what is question. I'm glad Canadians are typing that one in. That's a good one to ask. May as well try and understand it. What is Harambe is number four. So we had who is Harambe and what is Harambe. Um, in fairness, I mean, it's not necessarily something you would immediately recognize as a name. So people might not just assume that who is the correct way to ask that question. Uh, three, what is microblading? I don't know the answer to that either. Number two, what is Zika virus? I, the fact that I skipped over microblading, that's my way of saying I don't really know the answer either. And I'm trying to not admit it, but I just did. Uh, what is Zika virus is number two. What is Brexit is number one. So again, good Good questions by people. Relatively. Relatively good questions. You know, we, you can judge in some ways, again, let me go back. You can judge in some ways the intellect of, or the, the attention or the focus of a country by these kind of things. And I think that by and large, many of those questions didn't make us look like a bunch of buffoons. They were legitimate things that you could say, yeah, you know what? I want to know something about this because it's in the news or it's topical. And so, you know, it's not just, as you said off the top a few minutes ago, the name Kardashian did not appear anywhere in that list. That to me, and either the who or the what, that is a hopeful sign. That or, is a very hopeful sign. The name... Or it's the opposite because everybody knows who or what they are. I suppose. But there's no, who is Caitlyn Jenner? That didn't appear in this one. We really, other than, go back to the who, other than Melania Trump, and really she isn't really just a, a, a celebrity thing. She's involved in politics. There, we didn't have a lot of goofy things that Canadians were, I mean, there were people doing it, but just not in volume. The top trending TV shows of 2016, according to Google, number 10, and I think they were probably shocked that they are back being relevant in some cases again, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I mean, an election. It's an election year. They always become relevant, no matter how retread their, um, their, their material is. Number nine, The Crown which is a new Netflix Netflix series, series, which is getting great reviews. Number eight, Designated Survivor. Kiefer Sutherland's new Yeah, he's a president, right, in that one, I think? Well, he becomes president because he's Well, don't give it away. Yeah, something happens. No, no, no. The premise of the show is that he's like 20-something in line uh, for the presidency and everybody in front of him dies. Which could happen. Which could happen. There's, you know, there's somebody right now over in England who is in that position. It's like Prince Bubba of Thorncliffe. Who's sitting there going, there is no chance that I'm ever going to be the king. He's actually oh, a, a Southern, Southern American, American. Yeah, There's no chance I'm ever going to be the king. And then all of a sudden the entire royal family's plane goes down and Prince Bubba of Thorncliffe becomes king of England. That would be, that would be outstanding. Not that the plane goes down. I don't mean that, but just that the guy who last expected, least expected that he would ever get the throne would get it. Uh, number seven, Supergirl. Six Black Mirror, five Luke oh, Cage. You're just you're just gonna gloss over Black Mirror like it's nothing. That should be higher on the list. Okay, five. I haven't seen it. Five Luke Cage, four Fuller House, three Gilmore Girls, two Westworld, and one. And I get why one would be there. Game of Thrones. Nope. 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 Well, that's wrong. Netflix series. House of Cards. Stranger Things. Oh. Stranger Things, which fits into the internet generation type. That makes a lot of sense. What really should, my takeaway from that list is Netflix has won the television wars because they are, how many of them are are their shows? I think it's over half of them. Stranger Things, Gilmore Girls was, Fuller House was, Black Mirror was, uh, The Crown was. 
I don't know about Luke Cage yep. or is it? Okay, Black Mirror, uh, Supergirl? No. No, that's not their show. Designated Survivor? I don't no. think so. Okay, top trending musicians of 2016. We've covered some of this territory before. Number one is, I'll go this way. Number one is Drake, so. Uh, number 10, and again, number 10. I'm shocked that number 10 is the tragically hip. You shouldn't be because, again, it's... I agree how important this thing was, but the hip doesn't really but, register with the younger generation. But you're you're you looking at it from your generation. No, but I'm not because the reason I'm shocked that it's the hip is because as we go up this list, there are other people of an even older generation that are higher. So I don't understand how the Tragically Hip got here this year. Anyway, Tragically Hip, 10, 21 Pilots, 9, Garth Brooks, who should be in the Tragically Hip generation kind of well, thing, no, probably. He, he was touring this year I know. in Canada. Well, so were they. Yeah. <laughs> they were touring uh, exclusively in Canada. But, but this is a Canadian search. Leonard Cohen was number seven. Again, Leonard sure. Cohen is way older than the Tragically Hip. But also died. Gord Downey was, well, Gord Downey is, is number dead, Gord Downey is number six. So if you combine Gord Downey at six and Tragically Hip at 10, you probably get a number one or two. <laughs> uh, Kanye West, number five. Celine Dion, number four. Rihanna, three. Beyonce, two. And Drake, Number one. Should who, we go on to the... Google's musicians? That's my question. Well, like should we go on to the to top... Music. How about the top trending... We're almost done here. How about the top trending celebrities of 2016? Who should oh be on that boy. list? And I'll tell you, Drake is number one again, so whatever. Well, Other I than mean, that... It's, it's the... it's the, He won the main category, so of course he's going to win all the smaller Let categories. me just say that when we talk about top trending celebrities, just in case you're thinking that we're going to cover more territory here, none of them died. None of these are celebrities who passed away. Well, that's good. Well, there were a lot of them. There were a ton of celebrities this year that died. So the chances at least 10 that didn't. Well, that's true. But the chances that you were going to have someone on the list, David Bowie or, or as I say, Leonard Cohen or maybe, maybe it's a list only for the living. No, just top trending celebrities of 2016. Michelle Obama, number 10, Megan or Meghan Markle. Oh yeah, so she's she's an actress on the show Suits, which doesn't matter at all. She's Prince Harry's girlfriend. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> now, as soon as I said who, I immediately knew, and she was. Uh, they were shopping for Christmas trees in Toronto this weekend. By the way, apparently, well, yeah, it's, well that's where Suits is filmed. Is in, but it's is in apparently, Toronto. yeah. But he's coming over here. I mean, apparently, this is we're going to have a royal wedding. In uh, well, I feel like even with the whole privacy issue that they talked about, if you want to, you can keep it secret. So the fact that uh, we found out about it meant it was already pretty serious. All right. May, is it Megan or Megan? Megan, I I'm guessing. I think it's Megan. Megan. Megan Markle is number nine. Angelina Jolie, number eight. Leonardo DiCaprio, number seven. Brad Pitt, number six. So Brad Pitt wins the battle with Angelina Jolie in the divorce interest category. I'm sure category. that's all he ever wanted. It's pretty much what it was all about, was who could get the most Google hits <laughs> in Canada. Number five, wacky Kanye West. What a wacky guy. He's a wacky guy. Number four, Celine Dion. Three, Rihanna. Two, Beyonce. One, Drake. <laughs> that got really uh, lame at the end there. Very predictable. Uh, all right. Now, here's your real test. And we will, okay. fin- we will finish with this. I'm ready. Top trending celebrity babies of 2016. If I'm I, I am going to tell you the name, <laughs> and I don't know the answer to all these. I'm going to tell you the name. You okay. tell me if you can name one parent, one of the okay. celebrity parents. Okay. Luna Legend. Uh, John Legend. I'm assuming it's John, John Legend. John kid. Daisy Sudakis. Sudakis. Sudakis? Sudakis. Jason Sudakis? 
<laughs> there you go. From he used to be on Saturday Night Live. He was in uh, what was the name there again? The first name of the Daisy. Kid? Daisy. Okay. He was in, uh, and he's got, a, and his wife or partner is also famous. And I oh, can't it's think Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. Thank you. Uh, you'll get this one. Silas Timberlake. I uh, wonder who that is. Justin Timberlake. Wyatt Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. This one. Okay. You know what? So far, Luna, Daisy, Silas, Wyatt. Not not horrible, crazy no. names. Rain, as in, not rain as in falling down rain. Rain as in rain over us. R-E-I-G-N Disick. Oh, I wish I didn't know the answer to this. It's a Kardashian as one of the parents. Ah. James Reynolds. I guess that would be Ryan Reynolds. Probably. With, uh, and what's his, um. Is it Rachel McAdams? No. No, that's. Uh, no, it's. Oh, uh, Blake Lively. Is that who it is? Okay. I lose track so fast. Sa- I wish I didn't know the answers to these. Saint West. That's that's Kanye West's kid. Oh. Prince- Should have been South, I Pri- just want to point out. Princess is the next name. Princess Charlotte. <laughs> no, I think I think Charlotte is the name and Princess is the title. No, it's pr- the first name is Princess and the last name is Charlotte. I oh. Don't or you're talking about it's a ma- it's the royal family one, yes. Princess Charlotte. <laughs> I'm just going by what's written down here. I told you it's been a long day. I'm <laughs> reading Princess tell. Charlotte and I'm going who really, is a celebrity named Charlotte? I thought you were just uh, trying no, to have I was, some fun at my expense. No, there. I was just having a momentary brain fart there. I'm reading the list and I'm going who is Princess and last name Charlotte. I believe Charlotte. it would be Charlotte Windsor. Yes, okay. Well, they should write that down then. They should know that I'm going to be reading this at 8.54. Uh-huh. Uh, Northwest. Does it, you said North? That's, a, that's another Kanye West one. Yeah, and, that's uh, why the other one should have been named South. <laughs> and Prince George. Prince also, George. Also, okay, yeah, there you go. See, I got it. All right, there's your list. The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900. AM 900 CHML.